0: Welcome to False Flag Weekly News, the one-stop shop for all of the hideous things that have happened this week. I'm Kevin Barrett with a special guest commentator this week. It's Swami Beyond Ananda. Hey, holy cow, Swami. It's great to see you.
1: Well, yes, and when you see a sacred cow, milk it for all it's worth. That's my slogan.
0: (laughs) That's what we're going to do here today. All right, well, in in today's uh, breaking news story, Johnson & Johnson has announced that it is split into two companies, and both of them are going to be called Johnson. Johnson will spe- specialize in injectable mRNA vaccines, while the other company, Johnson, will be putting uh, even more experimental self-replicating mRNA vaccines into its baby powder, uh, shampoo, and its cosmetic products. But don't worry, all of Johnson's products are guaranteed to be fully tested on Anthony Fauci's dog. The other Johnsons are, too, I feel sorry for the dog, but anyway, Johnson is suing the other Johnson for stealing its injectable experimental mRNA vaccines to use in their baby powder. Get your Johnson out of my baby powder! So the Dow Jones Industrial has dropped 17% after hearing this story, and it's time to move on to the other stories. Uh, So, Swami, this week, our, uh, our, our theme is Support Bodily Autonomy. But first, before we get into bodily autonomy, I guess we have to question everything. We have to give our obligatory disclaimers. So we disclaim questioning everything. We disturb everybody. So if you're too disturbed, uh, just enjoy being disturbed, uh, if that's possible. And finally, anybody who has mental or medical health issues should be seeking a qualified psychiatrist and/or practitioner and not taking any of our advice. Medical misinformation is the worst threat to humanity right now. So if we tell you to treat your hemorrhoids with an aspirin pill. Don't do it. Talk to your doctor. Okay, we're done. Let's move on. Uh, where are we here? Um, okay, support bodily autonomy. Swami, in the comma Cosmic Scheme of Things, is bodily autonomy a good thing or not?
1: Well, everybody has a body, and everybody's body is their business. Hmm? One of the great things that, we, that we've that we had throughout the at least our history in this country, was autonomy over our body. And so nobody can tell my body what my body wants. Hmm? This is the most important thing. Um, And, of course, there has been what we call a, a disinformation campaign, disguised as an information campaign. So the only way to know what is true is to follow your own heart.
0: Makes sense to me. So, hey, we stand with uh, Aaron Rodgers and Ron Paul and the rest of those people who don't think that people should be telling each other whether they should be sticking themselves or sticking whatever, wherever. That's your own business, what you do with your body. Okay. So what's, uh, what's our uh, top story this week? Uh, which, what's next here on the agenda on the slideshow? Um, oh, okay. This is medical misinformation section. So anything we say during this section cannot be broadcast on YouTube because they might or might not agree with the medical discourse that we're offering here, even though we're not giving medical advice. So first story, Business Insider says the Trump counties had three times more COVID deaths than the Biden counties. And they say it's all about vaccination, but hey, it could be that the Trump counties have more people who are old, fat, and addicted to junk food. That's kind of how it looks at Walmart, where I live. It could be that, uh, how do I put this? They're just making it all up. (laughs) What do you think, Swim? Well,
1: you know, I think that that's really one of the, the, the media in the very near future has a new power source. It's called Gaslight. Gaslight. Yeah. We are having to learn to read by Gaslight. Now, people say, where does Gaslight come from? Well, Gaslight is a barely visible fog that comes from decomposing BS. Hmm? <laughs> well,
0: that sounds like it could be a global warming threat, but we'll, we'll co- cover that later. Um this uh, particular story, I don't know, It, you know, maybe maybe that's true, but as Merrill Nass, a very good uh, doctor and bio war expert, said on my show last night, these studies uh, where you cherry pick particular times and places can be made to say just about anything. You know, the only study that would matter would be something that looked across a very broad range of times and places. And this next study we're flashing back to, this was published a little while back, a, <laughs> month, a couple months ago. Pretty much looks like it did that, looking at 68 countries and 2,947 counties in the United States, and it found basically no real relationship between uh, COVID cases and the rate of vaccination. There was a slight uptick in COVID wherever there was high vaccination, but it was uh, small enough to not be very significant. So I don't know that. Is, is, what, is that something that we can count on, Swami, that there's no relationship whatsoever between how many vaccinated people around you and how likely you are to catch COVID?
1: Well, you know, I think that there is a, that it really is a belief system. And what people believe is totally unbelievable. And uh, sure. people tend to believe what they're told to believe, except when they want, don't want to believe what they're told to believe. And so what we have right now is it's very difficult to imagine the lies at the level that they might be occurring and so people do not want to believe this we call this the don't ask don't tell policy we promise not to ask the government and the mainstream media what they are doing and they promise not to tell us you see that makes us very um makes us happier because the great disease that we have been seeing in this country is nazism that's where people choose to not see what is too difficult to look at So all That's, of the things about the misinformation, I would say, maybe it's missing information. Maybe it's information that they don't want you to see. And a lot of the censorship is not about pre, you know preventing vicious lies from being circulated. It's the vicious truths that they are concerned about.
0: Okay. Well, the CDC uh, put out a couple of studies that got critiqued by mm-hmm. Dr. Mercola. And I'm not sure who's which are the vicious lies or the vicious truth here. But uh, the CDC studies, according to Dr. Mercola, this is our next slide, Ellen. Um, it said said uh, Mercola says that the CDC hits a new low with two manipulated studies. And when the CDC was asked to comment about these two manipulated studies, they said, what do you mean two manipulated? How could any of our studies be too manipulated? Now, actually, the, <laughs> Dr. Mercola uh, is considered a pariah and a, a medical quack, a horse doctor, all this sort of thing. By the uh, the mainstream propaganda apparatus, but I followed some of his advice, not on COVID so much, uh, and it seems to work pretty well for me, like exercise regimens and things like that, nutrition. So, and I read this, and it looks to me like uh, the CDC studies might not really be any better than Dr. Mercola's debunking of them. What do you think,
1: Swami? Well, again, this is this is one of these things where we have parallel realities. And people are choosing to live in the reality that makes the most sense for them. The the common reality, though, that we're all facing is that we human beings are in a crisis point. We are are about to cross the threshold into what they, they are calling transhumanism. And what is bringing us into that transhumanism is the trans, the human trans of believing what they want us to believe. Now if we want to look at the bigger picture what we see is divide and conquer right um while while all of the people during this entire last year and a half we call what they've been doing we call it mask mask debating right that mask debating while they were mask debating the billionaires got billionaire that's the same people who had been making money more and more and more now have uh, have more wealth more power more control and because fear, little fear gnomes, little gnomes of fear were released into the mainstream, uh, people have tended to follow uh, follow that narrative because fear narrows your perspective. So hopefully we can bring a little bit of laughter and love to expand our, prote- our perspective, to take us out of the dueling dualities of the head where we can be manipulated, to the coherence of the heart, where in our heart we know what is true. And that is, there is no separation. There is one love.
0: Okay. I mean, brother, I agree with all of that, except for that business about the billionaires getting billionaireier. I think it's worse. They've gotten billionaire-iest. Uh, so <laughs> and Okay. So, so Dr. Mercola here is saying that when the, uh, the, the UK office of <laughs> statistics says that people who are double jabbed are dying uh six times faster than the unvaccinated, the CDC says the opposite, but it admits the purpose of the CDC study was to, quote, demonstrate that the vaccines are safe. So if the purpose <laughs> of your study is, is, is that, you're probably going to find what you're looking for, just like they asked NIST if it found any evidence of controlled demolition in the rubble of the Twin Towers, and it said no, and they asked if they looked for any, and they said no. Well, no wonder you didn't find any, you weren't looking for any. And then the, the second study that Mercola debunks here is that uh the CDC says that the vax is better than natural immunity, unlike a whole long list of other better studies. Uh, but they did this in a, a study with a tiny, non-statistically significant natural immunity control, control group uh, compared to a much larger group of the uh, vaccinated people. So it probably wasn't statistically significant anyway. Anyway, this, this is a big debate that we're not allowed to have on YouTube. So we're almost up to the part where we can uh, have, stop talking about this uh, medical stuff and uh, go on YouTube, but I think we have one more medical story, which is that Vermont, uh, highly vaccinated, nearly universally vaccinated Vermont, <laughs> has more COVID than ever now. Why is this happening? Well, maybe it's Yahweh's punishment for Ben and Jerry boycotting Israel. Uh, <laughs> your guess is as good as mine, Swami. What do you think?
1: Well, you know, this is all, all of this information. You know, uh, did you know that 30% of statistics are made up And, in fact, I made that up myself, so that should be proof right there.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, we finished our medical stuff, our medical debate, medical misinformation, as uh, YouTube would undoubtedly call it, and that's why we're about to push the YouTube button. Alan, push the YouTube button. Push the button. Don't push the nuclear button. That's Biden's button. Push push the YouTube button is your button. (laughs) Okay, we're on YouTube now. Welcome, YouTube. Hi, YouTube. We're not going to say anything about medical anything. We're not even going to say the word medical, m- which I won't say the whole word, because if I did, who knows what they would do to us. Uh Okay, big rumor this week, Gavin Newsom was absent, missing in action. He was supposed to go to the climate summit. He just disappeared right after he got jabbed. I don't know if it was his booster or his booster's booster, or the booster of his booster's booster, but whatever, he, he got jabbed, and uh he disappeared, so some conspiracy theorists think that he became the incredible shrinking man and shrunk down to the size of a flea and got lost on his own floor in the carpet. And uh, others think maybe he suffered from Bell's palsy. And so when he tried to talk, his mouth twitched and they had to keep him off of camera and keep him away from the climate summit. And then others wonder if he may have been kidnapped by aliens. No, seriously, Swami, uh, what do you think of of these rumors? Because, you know, real journalists used to say never believe anything until it's been denied three times. Well, this has been denied more than three times, so it's probably true, right?
1: Well, I don't know. Maybe somebody spiked their shot. Maybe that's what happened. But, uh, but you know, all of this thing about conspiracy theorists. What I think we need to recognize is that the issue is not the conspiracies, but it's the conspiracies. You there see? you go. So, so, so Cons- next slide, because, because that's where, that's what they call yes. us, conspiracy
0: theorists. Here, so the yes. next right. next slide is is uh, Vice dot com uh, saying it's a baseless conspiracy theory. And and Swami, you you know, this baseless thing, that's a book by Nicholson Baker. It's called Baseless. And he took that from the name of a biological warfare uh, project that involved uh, attacking Korea, I believe it was, with biological weapons. And and the name of this was called Project Baseless. (laughs) Because, of course,
1: you don't need need military bases if you do that. That's why it is a baseless program. Yeah,
0: exactly. It didn't come from our bases. It's baseless. So, so they, they were essentially training their people ahead of time to call, you know, to say that, oh, these are just baseless rumors. When the Koreans and the Chinese accused us of hitting with biological weapons and showed the proof, we all just baseless, baseless, baseless. So anyway, this baseless conspiracy theory meme has been out there for a long time.
1: Well, yes. And of course, we, are, we in this country are suffering from two. Uh, we have two, two drugs that we're taking, hopium and deniatol. Mm. And uh, both <laughs> I'll of us. You take the hopium. Well, a lot of people got strung out on hopium, uh in putting their hope in the in the wrong things. And and so instead of that, what we need is to bring left and right, front and center to face the music and dance together. Okay. Because the only way to overgrow big brotherhood is through bigger bro- big brother is through bigger brotherhood, sisterhood, and loving one another, all the others in the hood.
0: Let's love everybody in the hood. Let's get out on strike and have a dance in the streets, it sounds like you're saying, Swami. And that's what happened this week. There was a big old strike, a four-day nationwide strike last Monday through Thursday over vaccine mandates. And it, uh, I guess Kat McGuire, our co-host here, was probably dancing in the streets in New York. And uh, I, was, uh, I wasn't I was dancing in the streets because I live out in the country and nobody would even see me except maybe a cow or two. Uh, how about you, Swami? Were you striking? Were you refusing to be a Swami this week?
1: No, they really, you know, actually, I've been, I've been watching this very, very carefully, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of confusion uh, that, uh, uh, the, apparently, they're saying that people who are pros, oppose mandates are anti-gay. So, you know, that, I, and of course, all of the, um, the way that all of this is being reframed, anything that does not match the narrative is now called hate speech. So it's been very, very difficult to distinguish hate speech from anti-hate speech. And, and you know, yeah. man, mandates
0: is a sexist term. Uh, what about woman dates?
1: Well, that's right. I, I used to prefer woman yeah. dates back when I was single, actually. Well, well that's exactly They're right. They're not allowed and, to say that
0: and, either.
1: <laughs> well, now, uh, okay, uh, this, is, this is a very, very big issue. and And what they try to do is they try to make it this or that. So if you are opposed to the mandates, then you're anti-you-know-what, right? So... What I'm saying is that it is not fair to make the jabless go jobless. Uh, And I think what they're trying to say is if we can't give you the shot, we're going to stick it to you anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty much it. And uh I guess a lot of folks are not wanting to get it stuck to them. And so they're kind of brushing it off and going on strike. And so we'll see where all of this goes. But it looks pretty good so far, according to Ron Paul, publishing at lewrockwell.com. Uh, Ron Paul the Great, libertarian. Yeah, uh, yep, yep. He, he says it's good news. The vaccine mandate is falling apart. The LAPD deputies are, are quitting. Uh, so, you know, if you shoot the sheriff, you don't have to shoot the deputy anymore. They're, they're all, they're all on strike. The airlines say that they're all grounded from weather problems, but we wonder whether that's the truth or not. Because all the pilots are calling in sick because they don't want to get the jab and the stores are empty. Uh, you go down to the store to buy something and half the shelves have plenty of space for you know, if you need storage space, just go down to your local store and put it on their shelf. And, you know, even Aaron Rodgers was on strike. He wasn't on the field on Sunday, unfortunately, for the Green Bay Packers. So it, it does look like these mandates are not working so well. Um So do you, do you agree with Ron Paul's take on that?
1: Well, yeah, I, I think what is happening is there is a great upwising taking place where people are waking up and wising up and they're looking at the bigger picture. Uh, that, uh, that those people disguised as benevolent, uh, people are not that benevolent. You know, there was a book written uh, a number of years ago about, uh, by a Native American called Columbus and Other Cannibals and, uh, talked about, uh, this, this Western idea of domination. Uh, they called it Witika, which is their word for vampiric evil and so on, right? And so what, what we're seeing is that, um, these cannibals have actually reframed what they're doing. Hmm? You know, you know how vegetarians eat vegetables. Well, these mm. people are calling themselves humanitarians. Ah, there you go. Right. This is so.
0: David Ike probably is, is is right about that. These uh, so self styled humanitarians uh, are the people who are like those on those alien patches that say "tastes like chicken," right?
1: <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> hmm, I don't know. Uh, well, well, let's move on to the. Uh, Last of the pushback and COVID politics stories, which is the uh, NIH, your taxpayer-supported National uh, Institute of Health, uh, actually developed these wonderful COVID vaccines, but guess who gets all the money? Moderna. In fact, Moderna took their little eraser and erased the names of the federally funded taxpayer-funded scientists who invented these things and then filled in the names of their own scientists instead. who. That means that Moderna gets all the money, and, and they've been caught. So what should we do to them, Swami?
1: Well, you know, the thing is that the only thing that can be done is for people to recognize that, um, you know, it's kind of like that people go, oh, my God, everything is run by a very, very, very small group of people. And, and I go, that's great news, because it means there's way, way, way more of us than there are of them. And so all of these uh, negative forces, we call them sociopathogens. They have a lot of coherence. They have a lot of money. They have a lot of resource behind them. And the only thing that's going to make a difference is a critical mass of the heretofore uncritical masses waking up and rising up and saying, "We are the leaders we've been waiting for," and uh, begin to actually uh, connect above and beyond the uh, the mainstream media, which, of course, is a brainwashing machine stuck on spin. Hmm?
0: Pretty much so, yeah. Uh, but you know there are there are folks who are operating outside the mainstream, and that I suppose would include us, and would also include the Patriot Radio, alternative radio pioneer John Statmiller, who unfortunately passed away this week, uh, not from COVID, but there was kind of a mystery about his manner of death. He broadcast uh, live not that long before he died. He said his his skin was boiling up and stuff it sounded really nasty. But uh John was a really interesting character. Um, he gave me my first. Job in radio. The reason I'm sitting here talking to you right now, it's all John's fault. Um, may Allah forgive him. Uh, so, Swami, I imagine you probably didn't listen to RPN and John Statmiller too much, He's, you know he was an acquired taste, and he was more like Heartland type uh, folks, you know, in Kansas and Nebraska and Texas where he lived, and those kind of people uh, listened to RBN a lot. But I, uh, you know, he brought a lot of 9/11 truth people into his network. Uh, he and Danny Romero, who was his first program director, and some credit Danny with that decision. Uh, and that kind of changed things. You know, it helped uh, move Nine Eleven Truth along back around two thousand five, two thousand six. So um, rest in peace, uh, John Statmiller, and may may Allah forgive you for firing me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the thing is that uh, that at this point we've got, um, you know, the, this entire thing where where the. Uh, One of the great conditions that the body politic is suffering from is truth decay.
0: That's for sure.
1: Now, we used to be able to use mental loss like that to to clear it, but it's just too big. Oh, it's just too big. So what you have to do these days is, is to recognize that there is the higher truth movement. And that is the truth that is in all of our hearts, that we are all connected, that there is a coherent power of love. And love is more powerful than fear. Otherwise, we'd all be singing. All you need is fear.
0: I never sang that.
1: Uh, oh, she fears you. Yeah, yeah, yes. We're not singing that. That's good. That's really good. And so that is really what we have to remember that that is the one coherent force that is unstoppable.
0: Okay. Well, the truth. The truth is uh, aligned with love in and, and ultimate reality. And the truth movement uh, that was well named, I think. Obviously. You know, they the CIA didn't get to invent that particular name the way they invented the name conspiracy theorist. Um, and the truth movement has a number of well-known people on its side. One of them is William Hurt. So William Hurt this week just published a piece at Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth uh, about how he you know, his his take on facing the truth about 9-11. Uh, he mentioned that from the moment that he saw those towers, blow up uh he knew they they couldn't possibly just fall down that way from fires he said that the difference between the story we were told to believe and its impossibility was this discrepancy that just remained with him forever uh so i i think it's it's wonderful to see him out there uh speaking out very eloquently and he's a producer of this new film the unspeakable i think that's dylan avery's film dylan was the one of the three guys behind loose change Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: the truth movement lives (laughs) even if john statmiller and others pass away the movement uh for truth goes on
1: well it's getting harder and harder to keep the lid on you know these are times it's called apocalyptic times and apocalypse means lifting the veil and the irony curtain is starting to fray we're beginning to see behind the irony curtain and the way to give ourselves courage is to remember that the truth shall upset you free
0: it's upset a lot of people free, but it's upset uh, some of the gatekeepers even you know to make them cling even tighter to their gates uh and those speaking of gatekeepers and the loose change film, the great nine eleven truth film uh in the next slide, we see that you know Dylan Avery's new film, The Unspeakable, isn't getting any mainstream media coverage coverage, even though you know the famous celebrity William Hurt is uh, behind it and all of that instead, they went off to interview Corey Rowe. Who is starting a sound studio somewhere in whichever state he's in? I forget. And you know Corey, yeah, he's a, he's a good guy, he, and he was he was the veteran member, uh, as in turn not the old member, but the you know the uh, U.S. Army member of yeah. the Loose Change team when they made that film. And this Washington Post story is attempting to walk this weird typewrote of essentially. Uh, humanizing Cory Rowe, you know, getting into his life and the difficulty that he faced this year as he's trying to start this business and the whole mainstream media world is beating down his door during the run up to the 9-11 anniversary, trying to blame him for Donald Trump. You know, they all want to know whether he accepts responsibility for the Trump phenomenon by uh, basically causing everybody to lose trust in their institutions like the Washington Post. So it's your fault. It's your fault. So this Washington Post story tried to sort of sympathize with him. But the bottom line of this story, Swami, I think, is it's trying to brainwash everybody into believing that, you know, if you get involved with things like 9-11 Truth, you're going to regret it because someday it might make it harder for you to earn a livelihood, just like it's made things a little sticky for Corey Rowe. Um, And I guess that's true. It sometimes could make it a little harder in a livelihood, but that doesn't mean we regret it. And, you know, if you read this story carefully, Corey Rowe doesn't regret it either.
1: Well, you know, this is this is the thing that 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 what what we have right now uh, is people are actually brainwashing themselves. That is really what it is. And uh, there I would have to say that everything is turned upside down, that the, the rights become left and the left's become right. Uh, the the left has become the the ditto heads now the party of accepting the uh, accepting the narrative that they've been told not questioning the narrative they're calling it science when it's really the religion of science which we call scientism uh, that believes only the material world is real and so what people believe this belief system they are taking the uh, the invisible. The un, the ineffable, all of these things out of the mixture, and so more of the people in the heartland country recognize that what we really need is heartland security, and that heartland security comes from having a spiritual center, in recognizing that the uh, the visible material world is a function of uh, of fields that we don't truly understand yet, uh, but they are on the Newtonian this versus that battlefield. And we, those of us who want to help everybody wake up and wise up, have to gently lift ourselves off of the battlefield of this versus that, which they want you on. It's called divide and conquer. And the antidote to divide and conquer is unite and prevail. So we have to make sure that, uh, that these movements are not lumped into one political party. Uh, the great brainwashing condition for the progressive left we call it Trump and Lumpen. Trump and Lumpen is when everything that the mainstream does not want you to support or look at is lumped in with Donald Trump. Uh, you know, in fact, Donald Trump is actually running the Democratic Party because everything that they are doing is to accentuate Donald Trump so that we don't recognize the, um, the, uh, lesser, what they perceive as a lesser evil on that side uh like, are giving like, Trump
0: a lot of free publicity.
1: <laughs> well, exactly by by not uh, by not interviewing him, and you know that is how this is exactly how Pravda worked. This is exactly how the uh, uh, the Chinese Communists worked, and um, you know the the choice that the body politic had last year, bad choice, was whether we want the autocratic rule of one person or the top down rule of this. Um, well i would call it a old uh, new world order with an old world odor
0: well i don't know how we're going to get any heartland security if we're ruled by a bunch of heartless psychopaths um i guess we'll have to find some hearts to transplant into them uh, they'll probably want <laughs> those of little children i'm sure uh, which wouldn't really uh, be the ticket, I think. In any case, um, there are people with hearts still out there, and some of them are U.S. veterans. Believe it or not, not every veteran is an evil killer psychopath. Uh, a lot of veterans are decent people, and many of them have been emotionally injured by their experiences uh, fighting for the cause of evil, let's face it, because that's what they have been fighting for. Uh, well, 2,700 U.S. veterans with Hearts uh, are calling for a new investigation of 9/11. This is our second story from AE 9/11 Truth this week. So, hey, I—it's veterans today, or it was a few days ago. I salute them.
1: You know, we used to talk about when when Donald Trump was president. We used to talk about his war on reality, but the war on reality continues at a much more dangerous level, as these people try to tell us what what is what is real. And the thing is that the more they push it, this is where Ron Paul was probably right. The more they push the narrative, the more resistance there is. And also part of the uprising, when people wake up, um, they don't go back to sleep. Uh, And if you think about how many people are out there who recognize um, that the major story is a lie, but because of their livelihood, they recognize that they are not going to be able to support their family, if they um, essentially uh, admit what they what they know or speak out, so there's a lot of silent um, acquiescence, and that can change when the uh, when these demonstrations finally break through the soundless barrier, um, and and people begin to recognize the discrepancy between what they are being told and what is reality. Some of the most, the leading edge people that I know are progressive people who, for some reason, because of medical reason, medical history, cannot take the jab. And so they are the ones who have explored outside the matrix, outside the box. And as soon as they step outside there, uh, they begin to recognize the extent that they've been lied to. Uh, And this causes cognitive dissonance, which is so... One of the great tools we have in this learning process because in order to cross that threshold to recognize that um how much you've been told is is lie uh, and that uh, that in order to to encompass that there needs to be a movement of courage that encourages people to connect and be truthful with one another and to speak out every time and every place they can so that more people recognize there are way, way more of us out there than they want us to believe.
0: And these 2,700 veterans who are speaking out are quite eloquent. If you read this story, you'll see some amazing quotes from them. So the veterans who were sent off to kill the Muslims after 9-11 and realized they'd been lied to are speaking out. And the Muslims are speaking out, too, and they're speaking out in court. And it looks like they might make it to the Supreme Court because they, they won their last round. Uh, and this is a lawsuit by a bunch of California Muslims who didn't appreciate that the FBI sent a, well, a con artist or psychopath or a slick-tongued, whatever you want to call him, into all these mosques. And the guy pretended to be a, a Muslim convert and essentially tried to convince anybody he ever talked to, to to do something illegal and violent. Like, hey, let's go blow something up for ISIS, uh, uh, inshallah, and things like that. And and And, and these Muslims, like... Who are you? Where did you come from? And then they would, you know, finally, after the guy would be, you know, say, hey, I'll build you a bomb. If you'll just blow some people up. And finally, these Muslims would, would say, oh, I'm sorry. You know, they would have to go and call the cops. They call the cops, and report the guy. And then, you know, nothing happens. And the guy moves on to the next mosque and does the same thing. It's he's working for the FBI. So these Muslims don't think that that's really in line with the First Amendment's protection of freedom of religion. I mean, you can't go to a darn mosque without some idiot trying to tell you to blow things up. I don't know. I think they have a pretty good case. What do you think, Swamy?
1: Well, you know, I, as I said, when they first had people uh wearing masks uh, in solidarity with those people who uh, perhaps are more susceptible to uh, to catching that thing, I said, I am wearing a mask in solidarity with Muslim women everywhere. So that <laughs> there was, you go. You
0: probably look yeah. better that way too.
1: I probably looked a lot better with that. And now, of course, um, the attention has moved away from the Muslims to those who are speaking out about uh, about this latest uh, idiocy, and they are being muzzled. And so we are calling them the Muslims. The Muslims. Yeah. Well,
0: I tell you, I'm not. I'm not one of those Muslims. I'm. I'm talking. <laughs> Get that muzzle off un- You
1: I'm... have unmuzzled yourself, and you're a barking dog. Me. You're an un-Muslim. Yeah, that's
0: right. (laughs) Okay, well, that's enough for our uh, 9-11 related stories. Uh, Let's move on to the other foreign policy stories, some of which are almost equally hideous. In fact, this might even be slightly more hideous in certain respects. This is a a really good story by Dave Lindorf. I had him on my live radio show last night talking about this, and he was brilliant and eloquent as usual. He was a mainstream journalist, a really good one. He was so good that he ended up uh, being forced out of the mainstream. And so here he is exposing this F-35A lightning fighter program that they've, they're upgrading all of these so-called jet fighters to carry n- nuclear weapons. And it's going to cost 1.7 trillion in taxpayer dollars. It's a hundred percent first strike system. It could not be none of this. Uh, the whole thing is not designed for any kind of retaliation. Couldn't be used for retaliation. All it could be used for is in a crisis to try to hit the Russians or the Chinese or whoever first and take out their command and control, their missile silos and stuff like that. Uh, so the American people uh, have not really been told about this first strike doctrine that completely rules their whole uh, nuclear posture. And frankly, if they were told this, they would melt into little puddles of fear or they would uh, pick up their torches and pitchforks and head for D.C.
1: Well, you know, this is uh, what we're seeing, all of these hideous things. We're calling it hideous there's so much hideously out there That's for that sure. is totally insane. Uh hideous-y in high stuff. places. Yeah. Very very hideously. And of course, this first strike is likely to be strike three for, for our for our uh entire species where Homo sapiens become nomo sapiens, right? Okay, so that <laughs> that is a big, big problem. Yeah, we almost uh, mutated to that point. we we're about mutated. And the thing is that we are at the point where um As I said, apocalypse, lifting of the veils. And uh, at the same time that all of these toxic secrets are being revealed, and no, no, I don't want to see my government naked. No, no, no. But as a toxic secret are being revealed at the same time, all of the spiritual practices that have been kept in protective custody are being revealed as well. So we are being given the truth to find that unity above and beyond religion and non-religion to recognize that there is this power of love coherence and sanity and only by coming together in this invisible field that we're calling the sane and sacred center can we have enough love to metabolize the residue of living for 10,000 years under the rule of the lowest common dominator with the lowest common uh, common dominator overruling the golden rule with the rule of gold which is do do unto others before they can do do unto you.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, as, as the military prepares to do do under the planet with their nuclear weapons, the, uh, nets of spies are do doing under Nicaragua as they've been do doing for decades now. And the latest story from Mint Press is that Facebook tried to swing the Nicaraguan election. Apparently they failed. The Sandinista party that's been pushing back against the U.S. empire for so many decades now did win. But, uh, Facebook Canceled all of their accounts. These poor naive Sandinistas and even just you know normal Nicaraguans who happen to support them, which is most of the intelligentsia down there and most of the people even, uh, suddenly found the important ones all found their social media accounts disabled, especially Facebook, uh, right before the election. And why would that be? Well, it turns out that the people in charge of that part of Facebook, uh, Luis Fernando Alonso and Ben Nimmo, uh, used to work for. Outfits like Booz Allen Hamilton and the Atlantic Council. They're they're spooks. spooks. Facebook is so infested with spooks, Swami, that they might as well have opened up a haunted house for Halloween. In fact, all of social media is basically an arm of U.S. intelligence. So the people who murdered the Kennedys and Paul Wellstone and did 9-11 and on and on and on, these are people that run social media. Boy, that sure makes me want to go and and post about my cat or something. I mean, geez, what, what, what kind of cyber world are we living in anyway?
1: Well, you know, because of all of this infestation by spooks, we need to have an investigation, an investigation to <laughs> so actually yeah. look at the infestation. If you've read the book uh, uh, "Speaking of the Unspeakable," which you spoke about before, JFK and the Unspeakable: Why He Died and Why It Mattered, uh, the author uh, uh, James uh, James Douglas uh, basically said that. Prior to the Kennedy assassination, really only maybe fifteen years after the establishment of the of the CIA, they had people everywhere, embedded everywhere, and these um, these bugs had infested every institution of society, every every major university. The bed bugs. Yeah, they're they're the embed bugs. Yes, exactly, and that and uh, and and so they they infested with embed bugs, and so. Part of this is that the don't-ask-don't-tell policy is that people have not been willing to look at it because it is too frightening and too ugly to look at. And okay, so, well, I
0: can't look at this story anymore. Let's move on to the next one. Okay, good. Uh, how about the uh, oh, the Zionist entity talking about bad people in cyberspace? How about NSO, the Israeli spyware company that helped uh, chop up Shashoji into little pieces with a bone saw? Uh, this is uh obviously not a very nice company, and Israel is now labeling their human rights activists as terrorists and meanwhile ha- using n s o to hack their accounts but what's really interesting here or is hack, them is, them or hack
1: them, them. <laughs> Either yeah, one. Maybe hack
0: them yeah yeah uh, no. but the interesting thing is that the u s which normally sort of rubber stamps every insane thing that Israel does and then pays for it. Is now actually blacklisting, uh, NSO group in the, that makes Pegasus spyware. Uh, they've been added to the entity list, uh, which means that I guess that's like a slap on the wrist. I don't know, but they've, the NSO group is, is now not You know, they're on that same list with some of my friends in Iran, which I'm personally usually not that thrilled about the U.S. government sanctioning entities because usually they sanction all the good ones and they pay off and work with the bad ones. But here's a case where actually sanctioning a bad one. Am I going crazy? Am I actually in favor of U.S. sanctions now? What's the world coming to?
1: Well, you know, I think this is really one, one of the things that's always been true. And this is probably why there are 2,700 veterans who are speaking out. That inside our system, there are people who are truly patriotic, there are people who truly care about the betterment of of humankind and human kindness, and so, I think that these forces are are beginning to assert themselves, and there are certain things that are so evil and so dark. I mean, why would a company name itself blackwater right uh, or or Blackstone? What do you think that is are they uh, these are not black lives matters people, my friend these are people. Who are actually in the service of the darkness, and uh, I think that one of the reasons why we are not able have not mobilized ourselves against it is that the entire scientific materialist notion has kind of cast evil aside—that everything is morally relative—and even if you have immoral relatives, that uh, you you kind of make an excuse for them, right? Because so there has been an unwillingness to face. heart of darkness the darkness that is at the heart of of our system that has embedded itself in our system certainly since world war ii but probably since the the first um, invasion of the uh, of the of the hordes uh onto the agricultural societies ten thousand years ago so in living under this dominator rule um there is, a, there is a sense in, in our DNA that, th- that this is what human nature is. And now we're starting to recognize that the sociopathogens have been trying to make us believe that their inhuman nature is our human nature. And so all of these people in the streets, people noticing things are not being reported on the news, all of that, that is part of this upwising. Think about how the Berlin Wall came down. That was not. Predicted. So this is the irony curtain that is coming down, and at some point, this entire narrative will fall apart as a critical mass of the uncritical masses come together in this recognition that uh, we need to put our uh, loving heart and coherence at the center of our life together, and that is the source of, of balance and healing. It will not come from the top down, it will only come from the bottom up.
0: Well, when that happens, the apartheid wall also will fall, just like the Berlin Wall did. But meanwhile, the apartheid entity is still uh, a place where all sorts of incredible nuttiness and nastiness is pretty much a daily, ongoing thing. And this is a slightly disturbing story. Uh, Israel is testing uh, its response to a new ultra-lethal COVID variant. Like, what would happen if... Somebody released a vastly more lethal version of COVID. Well, Israel is finding out how they would respond to that. They're having a war games exercise led by Prime Minister Naftali Bennett. So if a hideous, ultra-lethal COVID breaks out and decimates humanity, at least Israel will know how to deal with it. That makes you feel a lot more secure, doesn't it?
1: Yes, well, Israel is is a real problem. Ah, and this is the and this is the, this yeah. is part of the it's again part of the choice that we have i mean on one hand um we have yeah, people who have obviously been through great trauma and their response to the trauma uh which was never again which should have been never again for anybody is simply never again for our people and so we have to look at the other side of that um one of my neighbors right here in in Berkeley. Is Rabbi Rabbi uh, Michael Lerner? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, he's been of, on my show a few times. He's,
1: yeah, takun alam, and what takun alam means. And, and by the, by the way, he's, he's of,
0: sick right now, uh, Swami. Yeah. So let's let's uh, let's have a, a little prayer for uh, for Michael Lerner that he, he gets better because he's basically a decent guy, I think.
1: Oh, he's a wonderful, he's a wonderful man. I I love to I, I I play with him a lot, but but here's the but here's the thing. This is the piece that we have to bring out at the core of every. Uh, religion or ethical system is some form of the golden rule, is some form of wanting a betterment for everybody. And so in every religion, in every ethnic group, in every society, we want to take whatever that core is and we want to expand it. We want to magnify it. We want that sunshine, tikkun alam, the healing of the world. We want that to be the dominant not to use, use that word dominant. We want it, want it to be the prevalent um, meme and theme in every institution, every culture. That is how we overgrow this toxicity that we fight.
0: Well, as long as the healing of the world doesn't mean like you know healing your dog, uh, sometimes. <laughs> I saw some of those. <laughs> Teach uh, your lines. dogs to heal.
1: Dogs, are, dogs are natural healers. We know that.
0: Oh yeah, well yeah, mine mine certainly was. Uh, good old Uh He he passed away a while back, and uh, so Muse the cat is now our official mascot here at Pulsefly Weekly News. But let's move on to our final Israel-related story, which is also Libya-related. Uh, Saddam Haftar, the Libyan warlord who helped destroy the country after Gaddafi was murdered for threatening uh, Europe's currency dominance over Africa and the Middle East, is passing through, he did pass through Israel on his way back to Libya. Uh, stopped there to promise the Israelis that if they use their nasty muscle to help him continue to destroy Libya, that he will recognize the Zionist entity. Uh, so the, the thugs are uh, teaming up in that region as usual.
1: Mm hmm. uh, well, you know, we're a little behind on the story, so we
0: we can we can Uh, can I'll take my little behind
1: out and you go ahead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just don't don't show it on YouTube. I don't know if we're allowed to show little behinds or medical misinformation these days. Moving on to. Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, this was, of course, all over the mainstream media this week. And this is the AP version. It's funny how this is interesting because most of the propaganda in the mainstream media has been against him, making him look like a, a Nazi and so on. But this particular story does in an account, in an account largely corroborated by video and the prosecutor's own witnesses. Rittenhouse said the first man cornered him and put his hand on the barrel of his rifle. The second man hit him with a skateboard and the third man came at him with a gun of his own. So it seems like, and then the, the court uh, had a big to-do as the prosecution tr- transparently angled for a, a sneaky uh, mistrial move, you know, a fake move to, that was aimed at getting a mistrial so they could start all over because they recognized the whole case is going really badly for the prosecution. Um, So bottom line here is this culture war story with the evil right wing Nazi Trump loving uh, murderer on trial. turns out that his self-defense case is looking pretty strong and the propagandists for the other side are having a hard time dealing with it.
1: Well, that's true. That's true. And this is this is, again, um, people are having the way conspiracy theorists are born is having the discrepancy between what their eyes and ears and intuition higher knowing and gut level uh, reaction is telling them is true and what they are being told. And while these people look isolated at the beginning, we are at the beginning of the truth curve. And this is a big learning truth about the kinds of powers that have dominated uh, behind the veils. And okay. so we are, you know, our, our, our entire world uh, and so-called civilization is at stake now. And this is our human choice is to wake up and wise up by coming together. Or do we fall, or do we simply fall apart and devolve into uh, some kind of a hunger games where everybody's hungry?
0: And and everybody is, you know, this this fight, this red versus blue culture wars fight that's heating up all the time, getting Mm -hmm. out of control. It's all kind of focused around the person of who else? Donald Trump. Uh, who, even though the mainstream media professes to hate him, they hate him so much that they give him trillions of dollars worth of free publicity. Now, uh, here's Trump. You know, he often blurts out things that are either true or sort of ironically quasi-true without seemingly to mean that. And here he is, uh, saying (laughs) that the uh, chanting uh, hang mike pence he says that's just common sense which itself would be a good chant hang mike pence it's just common sense um <laughs> here i i i almost agree with trump but i think he's exaggerating i don't know if we literally have to hang pence i mean maybe we just need to hang him out to dry somewhere where he can do something other than ruin the world
1: well you know this is uh you know what what is donald trump speaking um again uh he what he has been speaking has been what everybody has, so many people have had in their, in their minds and recognizing that so much of, uh, of this political speak is just um, Babylon, Babylon to make us little political babies, right? We want to be taken care of by the daddy state. We want to be taken care of by the mommy state. And what we all know is whether we use the mommy state or the daddy state, that puts big brother in charge.
0: This is like, it's always one big dysfunctional family, right? Where, you know, <laughs> Trump played the, the, the really bad image, the bad father, right? He was like yeah. everybody's worst nightmare of a father. Hillary Clinton that he defeated, she was the evil mother, you know, the, the worst possible nightmare of a mother anybody could possibly yeah. have. Uh, and, and then Joe Biden now, he's, he's like everybody's, uh, kind of disgusting, uh, not so beloved grandpa. I mean, you know, the, the bad image of the worst possible grandpa you could have. Uh, so it's it's like the Adams family,
1: <laughs> only worse. <laughs> not, we're not talking about John and John Quincy here, folks. We're talking about the other Adams family. Yes, I, we call Joe Biden the ghost of Democrats past.
0: Indeed, and we do have a couple of stories uh, about him at the end, but we'll save those. Uh, let's move on to the the real story here. It isn't so much these politicians, <laughs> these front men, puppets who are dancing for everybody's uh, entertainment more than edification. What's really going on here is that there are these billionaires, extremely wealthy people who get well-connected and form these old boys clubs. Once in a while, they let an old girl in there or two, I suppose. And uh, they run things from behind the scenes. And they're the ones who are destroying the planet. If you you know accept that the global warming thing is one of the big threats if not the biggest threat then you probably have to agree with George Monbiot that the richest 1% of the world's people who are producing 15% plus of the world's carbon emissions more than the bottom 50% combined uh these people are almost the entire problem with carbon emissions or the biggest single part of it anyway so as monbiot says i don't agree with this monbiot character very often or at least not that much he he's a 911 truth denier one of those people who who really hate 911 and truth, so he's not really my kind of guy, but I agree with him when he says it's not humanity as a whole that the planet can't afford. It's the ultra-rich. And uh, I would say, I would agree, but I don't think we need to eat the rich. We just need to maybe, um, you know, take their money and use it for something
1: useful. Well, that would, that would give us indigestion. What we need uh, to counteract the great reset is the great we-set. We. We, the people. We, the people of the world set the standard for a Heartland security for a heart-based living. We need the redistribution we of well-being. That's, we what we need. We. that's right. We distribution. And so that is that's really what we have what what must happen right now is recognizing that if we don't um connect with one another at the grassroots and let this let wealth bubble up, we will be faced with the trickle down, which as you know makes us all peons.
0: Indeed. Well, Bill Gates uh, actually uses 3,000 times as much carbon as a normal person. And and if you throw in all those trips on Jeffrey Epstein's jets, it might be, you know, 300,000 for all I know. So these, these corporate uh, behemoths uh, led by these extremely uh, wealthy uh, criminals are really the problem uh, socially and environmentally and in every other way. And they're also the problem behind inflation. And Robert Reich points out that these... Ultra rich people who have essentially taken over so much market share from the smaller corporations, the medium sized corporations, thanks to COVID, um, because mm-hmm. these big corporations, <laughs> the monopolized corporations owned by the wealthiest people have been allowed to stay open and all the smaller uh, places are shuttered. So now we're seeing inflation, 6.2% inflation. And they're going to try to blame higher wages. They're going to say, Oh, the working people are taking too much money. But the truth is the exact opposite. As Robert Reich points out here, the real deeper structural reason for inflation is that these handful of corporations are now running the entire economy and there's no competition. So they can raise prices and nobody can, there's nowhere else to go. You know, Amazon raises prices and now you're stuck because there's nothing left but Amazon. Walmart raises prices. There's nothing left but Walmart. And so once again, the problem is these, these dinosaur billionaire uh, monopoly uh, corporate entities. So it's it's the the oligarchs that we need to overthrow, sort of like in Russia, only worse.
1: Well, the new word to describe it we have we have a situation. We have a situation, and part of the situation is that the left wing is allowed to to attack corporate uh, uh, corporations, right, and point to that inequity. That's why George uh, Monbiot and people like that, a lot of people, Robert Reich. They're right on when it comes to noticing that particular thing. On the other side, we have the Ron Pauls, et cetera, et cetera, who are recognizing the toxicity of the, of, the, uh, of the government in collusion with these corporations. And so what we need is to actually create an uprising, a new movement, a third wave that recognizes that both of these parties are partying on our dime. Mm-hmm. And we need to come front and center to face the music and dance together, to turn the fun into function, and leave the junk at the junction.
0: And some of the junk we have to leave behind, of course, is these uh, false flags. We've been buried under this wave of false flag terrorism over the past 20 years. And so we're going to go over this week in history, because we just had the trial in France of these, uh, what was it, the November 15th, uh, 2015 attacks Uh, and this was published early at CounterCurrents, pointing out that it had all the earmarks of a false flag then, and I had published the book Another French False Flag about six weeks after it actually happened. Uh, There's more than enough evidence in my book Another French False Flag to show that, yes, indeed, it was. So, as we see in the next slide, these 20 guys who were on trial are patsies. 20 patsies. My goodness, this has got to be some new world's record, because back in the day, I remember when they used to do things one patsy at a time. (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes the Patsy had two names, like Sirhan Hunt, Sirhan, or three names, like Lee Harvey Oswald. Quite often they had three names, but they still had only one Patsy. Now, 20 Patsies? I mean, h- how can they frame all of those guys? It must be a huge waste of taxpayers' dollars. So, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty disgusting. And the French media, of course, is totally on board with the official story. If people want the other side, just check out my book, Another French False Flag, which you can find uh, at Another French False Flag. At Dot where you just Google that and find it it's still up on Amazon miraculously enough. So, so that, that well, thank, you for,
1: thank you for flagging the false flags. We do need false yep. flag flaggers.
0: We, we've been flagged, and uh it's been fact-checked, folks. It's definitely a false flag. Well, the next story, uh, we're we're in the history section here this week in history. Dunham's proclamation, Dunmore's proclamation. The slaves during the Revolutionary War, if they would fight with the loyalists, that is the people loyal to the British Empire. During the course of the war, up to a hundred thousand slaves escaped the plantations, and a great many, probably majority, ended up fighting with the loyalists. This is not a story that they teach you in the elementary school textbooks. And if they're only teaching this kind of stuff when they bring in so-called critical race theory, then, hey, there's an excuse for maybe sometimes giving the nod to critical race theory. Like, I mean, people say never teach critical race theory or anything. Never teach anything that cuts against the grain of the heroic American narrative of the founding and blah, 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 blah. Those people, I think, are even more wrong, than, or at least as wrong, as the fanatics who want to teach critical race theory in a stupid, propagandistic way. Uh, truth is often hmm. Stranger, weirder, and more disturbing than most people want to handle. But I think, I think people should have to handle it anyway. What am I, some kind of sadistic creep or what? I don't know.
1: (laughs) Well, that's right. A lot of reality checks are bouncing these days. And so that is what is going to uh, create the level of discomfort needed to people to step out of their comfort zones and begin to actually uh, let share their true hearts knowing about how we've been hoodwinked by a bunch of winking hoods on both sides.
0: Okay, well, let's finally get back to the story of uh, Uncle Joe Biden, or Grandpa Joe Biden, whose carbon emissions are off the charts, <laughs> apparently, over at the Global <laughs> Climate Change Gathering in Scotland, where Kamala Parker Bowles uh, supposedly is very upset about Joe Biden, quote-unquote, breaking wind uh, at the climate summit. And I'm sure that uh, he had to buy some climate, some carbon offsets to cover that. And then Kamala Parker Rolls tried to dislike Biden's fart on, uh, on Facebook, <laughs> no, on YouTube. But YouTube wouldn't let her because they took down their dislike counter because too many people dislike Joe Biden and his farts. So what are you going to do?
1: <laughs> well, he is truly the founder of our country.
0: The father of our country. The father of
1: our country. The long and blinding far you know. So so this is this is a, a little a little comic relief. Uh perhaps that is where some of the gaslight is coming from. Unfortunately nobody lit the pilot over okay, okay, so that's good. Um and so anything that comes into your inbox um that has a political nature, remember that um we need to spray it with demystifier to prevent the gaslight from emerging.
0: Okay, well, that story uh, wasn't vulgar enough for you. How about the giant pink hot dog representing science? This is a tweet from Pfizer Corporation. Uh, <laughs> Pfizer sees science as a giant pink hot dog, groping uh, a a a weeping human brain that's stretching for a green balloon labeled wild conspiracy theories. This is supposed to convince us to trust Pfizer, trust the science, and eschew conspiracy theories. Uh, did it work on you, Swami?
1: Well, I'm still eschewing it. I'm still having to eschew this. I'm about to ready to spit it out, though. Again, it, this is, um, you know, the the greatest political influence we have had in the last hundred years uh, is Edward Bernays, the father of modern uh, public relations. And we would have to say that just about everything that you see in the mainstream media these days is slathered with Bernays sauce.
0: Well, I, I guess I'll have my giant pink hot dog slathered with Bernays sauce, uh, but only if it's totally kosher, halal, and uh, otherwise doesn't contain any pork products or self-spreading vaccine products. I think we've come to the end of the show. Uh, thank you so much, Swami Biyananda of wakeuplaffing.com, great website. Take- I, sub- I subscribe <laughs> to your daily pun service. Uh, it keeps me sane or insane or whatever I am. <laughs> Anyway, love your work. Thank you for joining us. It was really fun. It was it was a gas, especially that Biden story.
1: Thank you. Namaste. Okay, and thanks and to our loyal go. viewers
0: and supporters. See you all next week, God willing. Till then, bye bye.